<clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. I feel like Philippines has a big part in my life. It has a place in my heart, of course. It's my, it's where where my mom from. So I see myself as a Filipino, and uh, I've lived here now for five years. So it's a big part of me. I would say I feel the most Swedish. That's my that's my base because that's where I grew up. Professional football player Omid Nazari was born in Sweden to a Filipino mother and Iranian father. Omid speaks four languages and has played for Iran under Carlos Quiroz. Today we discuss his experience growing up in Malmo, Sweden, his rise to football stardom, where he feels most comfortable and his hopes for his future on and off the pitch. This interview was recorded in January of 2021. This is Partially Pinoy, and we are powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. So Omid, the first question I'm gonna ask you, how did your parents meet? Uh, First of all, that's the first question I get as well. My parents met in uh, met in Sweden. Uh, both of them moved there. It was a war in Iran, I think, and my mom wanted to try something new. So both of them moved to Sweden, and that's where they met. And so for your dad, it was leaving Iran during the revolution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for your mom, it was maybe opportunity and doing something different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then did they meet in school? Did they meet at a park? <laughs> How did they meet? <laughs> to be honest, I don't, I don't know the story. I haven't really asked. I haven't really wondered. I just know it was in Sweden. And then you were born in Sweden, Malmo. Exactly. And how uh, many siblings do you have? I have one uh, little brother. He's 22 years younger than me. At some point, you're living in Sweden. Your name is Omid Nazari. You have a Filipino mom, Persian dad. At what point did you realize, I am not like everybody else? Quite early, I I realized that uh, I didn't look like everyone else. It was just uh, my name was different. But from my city, where I'm from, it's a lot of different cultures, a lot of foreigners, immigrants. So... In that way, we were kind of the same, but the looks, of course, was different. But uh, I grew up with a lot of people from from other parts of the world. So you grew up in a community that sounds like they were very um, accepting of your culture. Mm, exactly. And then, you know, as you were growing up, obviously you had to assimilate to Swedish culture. How did your parents navigate the mix of Sweden and Iran and the Philippines? Like, can you think back to your childhood and think, oh yeah, I had adobo all the time and I knew that was Filipino or tadig was a regular part of my diet. Mm-hmm. On the Swedish side, I had pickled herrings. I don't know. So tell me, tell me about that experience. Uh, of course, growing up, um, I used to, we used to have a lot of like, first of all, Persian food uh, at home, then of course sometimes uh, Filipino food. So it was not something I ate in school, uh, so to say. 
you get the best out of everything. Like you get the, now when we're talking about food, you get, you eat Swedish food in school. Then you come home, you eat uh, the food where your parent, where your parents are from. So in a way you got the best of everything. <laughs> I, and I, I agree. I think one thing that I didn't realize until I was older was how opposite Iran and the Philippines are. You know, that was a really interesting tension for me growing up. Even even their rice, for example, you know, Filipinos like their rice sticky and Persians like it loose and oily. And so it sounds to me like it was pretty smooth for you. But were there moments when you thought, oh, like these are very different countries my parents are from? Uh, of course, um, Filipinos, they, they seem more humble. I grew up with a lot of Iranian friends around my neighborhood. So you noticed on them as well that it was always like Iran is the best, blah, blah, blah. And then did you, were you exposed to all languages, all three growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom was talking to me in Tagalog. My father was talking to me in Farsi, outside with friends in school. It was Swedish. I, I was always answering back my parents in Swedish. In school, I uh, had a Farsi class, so I was teaching Farsi as well in school. I understand everything. Not perfect, but I can handle it. Farsi, I'm better in. I can talk fluently if I have to. I don't do it if I don't have to, but... If there's no other options, I'll talk Farsi. Filipino is mostly like I understand everything, but uh, don't really. I have a hard time speaking it. And then Swedish is my main main language. But you could survive. If you were yeah. dropped off somewhere where people only spoke Tagalog, you could handle it. I could understand it, but I don't know with the, with the conversation. But far in Tehran, understanding it, I would. In Tehran, you could definitely survive. I would say so, yeah. And then, did you spend time in the Philippines and Iran growing up? We used to only for vacation, just to visit our relatives, like summer breaks from school. We we went uh, to Philippines. Some summer breaks. It was to Iran to visit my relatives. So you were exposed to those countries early, early yeah. on. And tell me about how the Iranians reacted to you and how the Filipinos reacted to you. So Misak, for, exa for example, said that, you know, because he looks more Persian, he feels like he kind of passed in Iran. So I'm wondering, like, how they reacted to you in both countries. And you're also very tall. For me, it was the opposite. I look more Asian, I would say. So I was more accepted in Philippines while in Iran, they could like, I could feel a bit different from the others. I played in the national team as well in Iran. I chose to play for the national team. So it was like, I didn't look like ev everyone else. Uh, Philippines was the place I felt more home in. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, Mark Winhofer grew up in the U.S. and lived for a few years in the Philippines. And he says that his heart is in the Philippines. And almost everybody I've spoken with, they talk about how, you know, once they spent time in the Philippines, if they hadn't grown up there, their, their heart just stayed in the Philippines. And so is it the same for you? I feel like Philippines as a big part in my life 
it has a place in my heart of course it's my it's where where my mom from so i see myself as a filipino and uh, i've lived here now for 5 years so it's a big part of me i would say i feel the most swedish that's my that's my base because that's where i grew up that's where i'm born so that's the thing i know the most so to say but uh philippines has a big place in my heart and iran as well but because i've lived here now and now i know everything in philippines so i feel like for me it has been easier in the philippines as well because also like you said i feel more like like i look more asian so it's easier for me i don't feel that different what language did your parents speak in uh, in swedish in swedish so they spoke swedish to each other and yeah, you yeah, yeah wow and then so you must speak to your brother in swedish as well exactly and then english you learned in school i bet all swedes learn english yeah and so tell me about those trips to iran and the philippines so for example when i was growing up in the philippines the first place i saw snow was winter in Tehran it was amazing but yeah like what what kind of when you think of those childhood trips what stood out to you going to philippines eh, going to iran be, i was there like three times growing up before i had to go there regularly flying there with my father it was like the families are all together like everyone wants to see you while going to visiting philippines growing up it's more like relaxed the nature and uh, the beaches of course the countries they look they look different from where i grew up so it was like you really see something new and uh, this is where your parents are from so yeah you you get to learn a lot do you identify most with swedes so if you're in a group of people and there's a swede a persian a filipino who do you feel mm. most at home with <laughs> that one is hard because say associate with swede but i look so different to them but i still i still know that culture the best philippines and iran parents are from there that's like in my heart I cannot really pick like who I associate associate with the best. It's a hard question. But of course, I know the culture and the uh, the Swedish language the best, so It's like the easiest way of communicating yeah, for you. Exactly. You know, when you think of Oh, first of all, do you have like a Persian passport and a Filipino passport? I'm so jealous. If you you have Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that. Three passports. for example you have to have that when you played um, in the national team yeah. of Iran you have to have a passport from Iran and then when i moved here uh, i got a filipino passport as well wow three passports amazing yeah. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever feel like a james bond when you see them all together yeah <laughs> the, yeah it's like i can mix it up like where to where what passport can i use for this country which is the best but yeah you cannot really use the iranian too much but uh, the swedish is the best one it's um awesome that you get to have all yeah, three yeah um so let's talk about like the soccer community that you grew up with um well i know that you started playing at 6 and you played in the mm. same club until you were 17. 
do you feel that, you know, as a Swede who looks very different from, you know, maybe most of the people play on the local team that you were accepted because of your skill, that, that that somehow gave you an in that others may not have had because you were so good at your sport? Uh, yeah, of course. In football, I feel like that's how you get your respect by showing how good you are in football. So, like I said, I'm from a multicultural city with a lot of like different cultures, a lot of uh, people with, from from different backgrounds growing up. Yeah, that's how you get accepted by showing how good you are. And I feel that's how it is until now. If you join a new team, they judge you by, by your skills, first of all. When did you notice that you were better than everybody else on the team? <laughs> better? It's, it's been up and down. I, when I started football, I felt like it was, it was easy. It was easy growing up, uh, playing against the others. But of course, life is up and down. Um, when you, when I became a teenager, it was like a bit hard. That's when you start to grow. Some people maybe have uh, developed more. But I would say when it really took off, I was like 15, 16. So you've played for two different countries, which is amazing. And you also played in Sweden. How does that feel? In football, it works like uh, you can only represent one. I chose to represent Iran. Philippines was a club. It was not really Ascals. That's what they call it here. I didn't, I wasn't able, I wanted to change, but I wasn't able to represent Ascals, which my little brother did. I feel like because of my background, I, I was able to experience and learn about the cultures of my parents. Iran, they're very, they're ranked number one in Asia. So just getting that opportunity was amazing. Just to be, feel like, feel the whole, how do I say, the energy from the Iranian people and just to like, just to go back to Iran and like visit the city and see, see the country when I'm, I was 21, 21 but by that time. So it was a bit different from growing up because now I'm a bit more matured. I see, see life differently. So that was a whole new experience to visit Iran going back when I was 21. And mm-hmm. uh, also for that reason that it was football. And then Philippines, I came here. I was just going to be like, I came here 2015, end of 2015. And it was supposed to be like for me to learn about the culture of my mom's country. That was the reason, first of all, that I've been able to do. I've traveled a lot here in the Philippines and, you know, I met a lot of Filipino people, learned about how their culture is. Now I've stayed here in Asia for five years in different countries, but mostly in, in the Philippines. So it took me... Like, I didn't expect this, but I found, like, other doors opened when I moved here in the Philippines. Yeah, opportunities that you maybe didn't even imagine were available mm. to you. Tell me about people you identify with as far as 
like deeper friendships and connections. <clears throat> I'm thinking of, for example, Misag, like I said earlier, he says he 99% of his friends are mixed. And and his sister married a half Filipino, half Iranian, which I just think is amazing that she found one <laughs> that, you know, yeah. she could be with. And then I interviewed somebody here who's an actress. She's half Irish and half Filipino, Filipino dad, which is, you know, is, is rare. And um, she ended up marrying also a guy who whose dad is Filipino and mom is Irish. And I, I just wonder, like, for you, does that matter? Do you feel a special connection with people who are like you? Um, do you find that you seek those types of people? Of course, it's special when someone has the same background as you, uh, Filipino, Iranian. I don't really seek it. I didn't think it was like growing up in Sweden. I didn't think like, there was nobody like me. Um, then, of course, uh, meeting Misog, the whole thing changed moving to Philippines. Then I got to meet a lot of people with the same background like me. But most of my friends, they're foreigners from different backgrounds. For example, my best friend's from Albania. Another one is has a mixture of Chile and uh, Gambia. Coming to Philippines, yeah, I noticed there was many people like me. And now I'm very close with Misag. Of course, it has to be, it has to do with the, with the background as well. But yeah, we just click. We'll return to our show and hear more from our guest in just a moment. Yeah, talent, it's a, it take, it's a big, big role in it all. With that talent, you have to work really hard. You have to be disciplined, the way you live. It's the whole package in a way to make it to the next step, to become a pro, to play in the big, big leagues, so to say. There's a saying like hard work beats talent, which is like, that's, that's what I believe. This show is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia powered by Podmetrics. Podmetrics takes care of the details so we can focus on making the best content for you. Visit podmetrics.co and sign up for free. Use code PARTIALLYPINOY. Okay, I've been done. This is a question I have every time I have had the opportunity to watch a game that has been coached by Carlos Quiroz. What language does he speak to his team? <laughs> uh, he speaks uh, English and then he has his translator that translates for the team. Oh my gosh, I was dying to know that. Thank you. I've been waiting like <laughs> eight years to ask somebody that question. So that's great. And then yeah. another question I've also been dying to know, and I forgot to ask both Misar and Mark is, how do you get the number 10? How does one <laughs> get the number 10? Uh, the number 10 is like, then you're really like the star of the team. First of all, it has to be available. But to get number 10, it has to be like, you have to have a big name. You have to be respected as a fo footballer to get the number 10. And who bestows the number? Like who decides who gets the number? Is it the coach? Is it the teammates? You feel yourself if you can, <laughs> if you can, 
if you're accepted to have the number 10. Like if you deserve <laughs> if a number 10. <laughs> yeah, if you deserve a number 10. <laughs> so if it's free and you feel like you deserve it, you'll choose it. Oh my gosh, Omid, you have now you, you have no idea how important those two questions were to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you've completely Do you have have you played football yourself? No, so I actually, I played volleyball and I played club volleyball here in the U.S. You know, and I have a son who's very athletic, whatever sport we put him in, his coaches, you know, we put him in gymnastics in first grade and his coach was like, oh my gosh, we need to have, you know, like he's going to be the greatest gymnast our school at the time. And then I put him in like figure skate, not just ice skating. And then after a few sessions, the coach set me aside and said, oh my gosh, I think he could be a professional, <laughs> you know? And then we put him in yeah. tennis and after four sessions, they put him, he was like beginner's tennis and then they put him immediately, you mm, know? And mm. he just, I think he just gets, he's coordinated and gets sports. And so he's played lots of soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I hear is that it really helps to play lots of different sports. Mm. But th that's sort of my exposure to soccer. Yeah, if you have any mm. advice for him and for... Yeah. Anyone listening will take it on how to get your kids to. Just as long as you have fun and enjoy it, you will. That's the that's the most important. As from there, of course, if you enjoy it that much, of course you will, you will go out and play for yourself and try to learn new things. But the most important is just have fun. And were you athletic? Pretty clearly athletic, off the bat. Yeah, it's 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 like your son. Uh, I had a, an easy time, like if we were playing a new sport, I would adapt very fast in school. So it's like your son. And then who picked, did you pick soccer? Did soccer pick you? Did your parents pick soccer? My father loves soccer. So it just came naturally. Like, so I liked soccer, like growing up and my brother liked soccer. We were playing against each other. So it just came naturally. Like that's what we want to do. No matter what, it was about soccer. And did you play other sports as well? Not seriously, but like the when you run track, how do you? What's that? What's the name of that sport? Uh, just track and field is what they call it. Yeah, track and field and jumping and stuff like that. And then like I used to ice skate a lot with my friends. Winter sports, being from Sweden, was that? Yeah, we wanted to we wanted to try ice hockey, but better with football. <laughs> <laughs> So where are your parents right now? They're in Sweden. Are they, are they proud as heck? If they're proud. Yeah, they must be so proud. Uh, I hope so. I hope. And then how often do you get back to Sweden? I try to get back as much as I can. Like before I could have like one week off and I would try to get back. That's how much I missed Sweden. Now I've gotten used to living here in Asia a bit as as much as I can I try to go back because I miss my parents and my friends that's still the country where I'm from that's still the country where I, I'm born and raised so I was just home one month ago and how many times have you been home since the pandemic or have you been able to go home I was home as well from uh, March until June I stayed in Sweden when the pandemic just started. And then how did you feel about Sweden's stance on COVID? <laughs> it was a bit different from the other countries, of course. 
they were not really that careful and they still aren't. And uh, now you see the result of it. A lot of people in Sweden are getting are getting COVID. It's not like the other countries where you, like here in Philippines, you have to wear masks. There's a lockdown. When I was home, it was full in the bars. The bars were full while the other countries had lockdowns. While in Sweden, everyone was out drinking, enjoying their life. Yeah, luckily, I don't think I've had it, but I tried to be careful. It's a lot more serious than we know. Yeah, yeah you have to be careful. What are what are your thoughts on talent versus skill versus hard work in you know this this world that you inhabit of being like an elite football player? Like, how much do you think each of those things affected your success in your path? Uh, when I started playing football, I felt like it was really easy for me. I already had talent, but so many people can have talent, but then you see like. They don't make it. We have people from my city. They've been like, they, they, something is like, this guy gonna gonna turn pro. And then after a few years, you, you see that he didn't make it. But I feel like, yeah, talent, it's a, it take, it's a big, big role in it all. With that talent, you have to work really hard. You have to be disciplined the way you live. It's the whole package in a way to make it to the next step, to become a pro, to play in the big, big leagues, so to say. There's a saying like hard work beats talent, which is like, that's, that's what I believe. But I feel like take that extra step. But also you need to be lucky that you can have a big injury that will slow down the process. It's like other, uh, whatever in life, like... If you feel passionate about something, you really have to like dedicate your time for it. Where did you get your discipline? I loved football so much and I I just wanted to make it. And that's why I felt like living a certain way, like growing up, being in high school, I wasn't partying that much. And I was fine with that because I had a goal. I had other dreams growing up from where I'm now. So it didn't turn out the way I dreamed of, but I'm happy for what I've experienced. And in a way, it turned out even better. That's a quotable quote right there. Mm. I know for a lot of people in the Philippines of your stature, opportunity knocks. There are a lot of, I think, you know, just seeing Misa's transition from being a soccer player to being a real estate developer has been interesting Mm. to watch. And so... Are there things not related to football or soccer that you're interested in and you feel maybe the opportunity is there for you? Yeah, I'm doing a project with Misa. I've just finished off a house now. I will see now how it goes with that. It's my first project. So I'm just trying to learn something new besides football because football don't last forever. And, and you've been so lucky. I was thinking, you know, had you grown up in the Philippines, for example, you would not have been exposed to those same developmental paths, right? That was available to you in Sweden. Exactly. Maybe the same in Iran. I know you're in Iran, they're, they're football crazy, but maybe it wouldn't have been the same either. So I agree with you about luck. You know, when you think of your identity uh, assimilated to to Sweden, Filipino, Iranian, 
you know, when you think of all the other kids like you, maybe who are growing up and they're torn between all these different worlds, because, you know, no matter how much the Filipinos or the Iranians or the Swedes love you or how much you love them, you never feel like any of it, you know, you will never feel 100% Filipino, you'll never feel 100% Iranian. You can tell me if you'll feel 100% Swedish. But tell me sort of what your thought is on your own, how you balance all of this and what you think people need to remember about their identity and who they are. I just feel now like having the opportunity opportunity to experience all of the countries where I'm from, just embrace it, welcome it all, like the options you get, being a mixture, mixture. You have so many, much more opportunities than uh, a person that's just from one country so just embrace it and of course don't don't forget where you're from you have so many cultures you can share with other people your experience has really expanded your life beyond yeah of course now i get the best of three worlds Partially Pinoy is a Podcast Network Asia production in partnership with Bridger Media in Los Angeles. Our show is developed and executive produced by Leila Jerusalem. The series is produced by Nikai Lucanias. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>